All right, here we go. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 787 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun episode planned. We're going to talk about breeding. Later in the episode, I will give away a pack of seeds. Let's jump right into the breeding talk. I do have a great email here that came from our friend Jason. Let's not waste too much time. The email goes a lot like this. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff. My name is Jason. I'm from Northern Colorado. Nice to meet you, bro. It says, I really love the show and your hard work. Keep up the good fight. Bro, can't stop, won't stop. It goes on. It says, I'm a big fan here, and I really rely on your information as far as breeding and selections go. Uh, Thank you. That's a huge compliment. Knowing that you uh, rely on my breeding, you respect and trust my guidance. Thank you. That means a lot to me. So big up and fist bump, and thanks for that. It does continue. It says, I'm currently about to start a breeding run, which I am super excited about, but... I'm not sure how to select which female to select to spray and reverse. So our friend uh, Jason has a breeding project in mind. They want to make some feminized seeds. They've got two plants, but they cannot decide which one of those two female plants they should reverse to turn into a pollen donor. Let's dig more into this. It says, I have plant A that checks all of the boxes to what we like, but it lacks terps, but it is highly potent. So we've got a plant that checks all of the boxes. It is a perfect breeding plant. It's a perfect female, except for the fact that it lacks terps. However, this plant is highly potent, which kind of sometimes may make up for that lack of terps. We've got a highly potent plant that checks all of the boxes, but it lacks terpenes. So then it goes on. It says plant B is not as potent, but has a sweet grapefruit kush flavor that is dynamite. So this plant isn't as potent. It lacks the potency, but it's got that flavor that they are looking for. It says a sweet grapefruit kush flavor, which sounds quite delightful in my opinion, that uh, astringent, uh, bitter, almost citrusy grapefruit with some kush on top of it to mellow it out. Sounds like a great flavor in my mind. That makes me think it's going to have a great buzz as well. So that sounds like a great idea. We've got the flavor there. Uh, We've got the aroma there and it's dynamite. It says This plant just doesn't get me as medicated properly like plant A does. I want to breed with a purpose and add those terps to the potent plant. So which plant would be the best to spray with the STS and use the feminized pollen from? Which is a very good question. I've got a couple of solid answers for you. It says, I'm not sure if I use the terpy plant as a pollen donor since it's what I'm after essentially. Please elaborate. I hope this makes sense. It makes great sense, brother. This makes a lot of good sense. It says, thank you for your reply. It would be appreciated. Much love from your neighbors up north, and you can use my name on the show if this makes it. I'm glad you included that because I started this whole thing by saying this came from our friend Jason. Big up to my friend Jason. This is a great question. So you've got two plants and you can't decide which one to use as the pollen donor. I've got some great advice. Um, I don't only do my selections based on flavors, aroma, potency. There are a lot of other things that I think about. Let's look at both of these plants and think which plant has got the structure and shape you are after in your progeny. Uh, Think about how far apart the nodes are, uh, the node spacing is, the branch spacing. How much branching does the plant make? How is the plant overall shaped? Do you have a real tall, skinny, wispy plant or do you have a short, squat, bushy, wide plant? What do you want your plants in the future to be shaped like? That is a very important factor to consider when it does come to selecting your plants. Also, leaf, size, and shape definitely make a big difference in that plant. Do you want a long, skinny leaf? Do you want a big, fat, broad leaf? Do you want somewhere in the middle? That's something to pay attention to. Also, when it comes to breeding, 
Uh, think about the flowering time of the selected plants you are going to use. That flowering time is going to translate heavily into your breeding project. So do you have one that flowers at a more appropriate time? If one of those plants flowers longer and one flowers more quickly, that trait will pass if you use that plant in the breeding project. Most likely the male is going to heavily contribute to that flowering time. So keep that in mind or the reversed male will say pollen donor from here out. I'll try to remember to say pollen donor from here out. I make no promises. So uh, also, do these plants handle stress? Does it handle grower stress? By grower stress, I mean, uh, can you top it? Can you pop it? Can you lollipop it? Can you twist it? Can you defoliate it? Uh, can you make mistakes with it? Can you abuse it? Can you beat it up? Can you overwater it? Can you underwater it? Can it handle environmental stress? That's kind of overwater, underwater. Uh, but also, how about vapor pressure deficit issues, humidity spikes, humidity drops, uh, temperature spikes, temperature drops, diurnal swings? Can these plants handle those sort of things? The one that handles the stress the best is the one that I would use as the pollen donor, in my opinion, and in my experience. Now, you asked specifically which plant I would recommend to use here. This is my opinion, my advice, and I will explain why I would do this. I've got a solid reason for it. Uh, I would choose the potent plant as the pollen donor and allow that one to pollinate multiple females. It looks like you've got one female plant that you want to pollinate, but I would pollinate multiple females. The reason for that is when you pollinate one female, you kind of see what uh, the plant A and plant B, you can see what that brought to the table and what they made. But if you put plant A to plant B, C, and D, put that pollen on multiple females, we can really see what the boy is adding to the mix. Because if you've got a female plant that makes blueberry terps, a female plant that makes chocolate terps, and a female plant that makes banana terps, and then you add gas to it, did you get, I forgot the flavors already, did you get gassy blueberries, gassy whatever else I said, and gla glassy bananas, or is it all bananas, all gas? See what that male is adding to the mix in there and see what it's contributing. If you just make one cross, you only know how that male interacts with that one female. If you cross it to multiple females, we can see how that male expresses itself on a wider palette through more population. Uh, in my experience, in my opinion, that's really helpful for selecting breeding projects, for selecting breeding males, breeding pairs. Uh, that really goes a long way, in my opinion, in my experience. I know you're focused on making uh, the grapefruit kush and the terpy plant together or the potent plant and the terpy plant together, but also why not? If you're going to reverse one plant, why not put a couple of females in there, multiple females in the room with that male to make multiple crosses, a lot of seeds to play with. That's just more fun to me. Also, that way, like I said, you get to really see what that male plant is bringing to the mix. If you just add... Um, Let's just say chocolate and vanilla together. We know what chocolate and vanilla taste like, but what if I put chocolate and strawberry? Does the chocolate dominate the mix? Does the strawberry dominate the mix? Or do I get a nice chocolate strawberry mix? Let's see what happens in there and see what the plants do that way. So I would start by using the potent plant as my pollen donor. Then what would happen in my opinion, what I think would happen, and I'm kind of doing this. Um, I used, when I made the uh, Ninja Turtle line, I'm not sure if you've been following for that long, I took a reversed blueberry cookies plant. That blueberry cookies plant was amazing. And I pollinated a bunch of other female plants with that plant. And I named them after the Ninja Turtles. Uh, what I noticed is the blueberry cookies showed itself very well in all of the other crosses, but it also blended very well to a lot of those crosses. So what ended up happening was that potency from the reversed blueberry cookies, the potency, the vigor, the plant shape, all the good traits from that passed on to the offspring into the breeding project. 
But let's talk about, I said Ninja Turtles line. We'll use Raphael as a good example here. That is a reversed blueberry cookies, pollinated a strawberry fields plant, makes Raphael. When I bred those two together, I could really see the strawberry starburst or the strawberry fields traits. I could smell it. I could taste it. And then also it had the vigor, the potency, and some of the aroma and flavor of the blueberry cookie. So I was able to get that potency, the vigor, the plant shape, all that good stuff into that other end of the offspring. And it also brought a lot of that strawberry flavor. Now let's talk about another one in the mix was I pollinated the platinum tangy and that made Michelangelo. Again, I got that growth structure, the shape, the vigor from the blueberry cookies, but I also got that platinum tangy aroma and flavor mixed in with the blueberry cookies. So my idea, my goal, what actually ended up happening, what I'm kind of recommending to you is use that potency, rely on the potency from that reversed male, then let the females you're using change up the palate throughout each plant. So maybe you got a strawberry, an orange, a lemon, uh, what else did I use? There's a bunch of different things in that mix, but there's definitely strawberry, orange, lemon, and blueberry in there. And I brought all of those out and mixed that with the original blueberry cookies cross. So if this were me, if this was my breeding project, if I was in charge of this room, I would select the more potent plant, the plant with the more potency. Also, don't forget about vigor, uh, plant structure, resistance. Are these plants resistant to bugs, pathogens? Do they get problems? I would find the best plant with the best potency, the best vigor, best resistance. That would be my pollen donor. And then I would rely on all those female plants to be my uh, my terp provider, my flavor, my differences, because that male is going to mix well with a lot of things if you select the proper, uh, I said male once again, but that reversed female, that pollen donor plant. So once you've done the pollination, once you've made seeds, the next step to do is to grow these seeds out. If you only pollinated that one plant, grow as many of those seeds as you possibly can. See if you've created what you're looking for. Did you find the terpy plant with the potency, the vigor, the shape, the structure you're looking for? Is it in there? If so, then you've done exactly what you're looking for. You've reached your breeding goal. I would take that plant and I would find something else to do with it to further breed it. Maybe self that plant, maybe breed that to other things, but that would be my new keeper to start my new breeding project with. If you bred this to multiple females, grow out a bunch of those female seeds or seeds from those other plants and see what you've created. See what that male plant is contributing to that mix amongst that population of females. That's so much fun. That's my favorite part, taking a reverse plant or a male plant, pollinating a bunch of girls, not just growing out the this batch and this batch, but growing out all of them and seeing like, oh, the guy does this. The guy made all of these plants get a chocolate aroma, but also they also added their own, but also uh, some of the plants got like this weird leaf shape that came from the guy plant. You'll notice what does cross and what doesn't cross. You'll notice, you'll figure out what's a recessive trait, what's a dominant, a co-dominant trait. Uh, you'll just learn a lot about your plants by breeding them to other things. Now, I said originally that what I would do is take the most potent plant and that would be my candidate for reversal. Now you're really gonna be uh, blown away by the next thing that I say. After you've done this cross, after you've taken your candidate that you've reversed and you've pollinated, you've grown it, you found out some, you found some seeds, found out what you produced, found the keeper out of there. Now guess what your next project is? Do the opposite. Take that terpy one, reverse it, pollinate the potent plant, then grow it out again. If you've got the opportunity, like I mentioned before, grow out, pollinate multiple females with this reversal. Again, if you can, pollinate the same females that you did the opposite plant with, and let's see what this plant is contributing to the mix. Now we get to see what plant A does when it's reversed and pollinates multiple females, and we can see what traits deliver there. Then we'll uh, reverse plant B and pollinate multiple females and see what traits come up there. Then we can even see what the male is delivering because now we can really see what the female is contributing to the cross because we've pollinated with two different sets of pollen. I know that's a lot to get to, get into. That's really deep. That's really uh, 
that's really in-depth. That's in the mind of a breeder, honestly. Once I make a cross, once I reverse something, that's what I want to do. I want to reverse the other one that I didn't choose and reverse that and then pollinate everything and then grow both batches side by side and see what I've created. It becomes really crazy, uh, but it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of passion. Once you start this, uh, this could be a lifetime project. So don't ever rush a breeding project. Take your time. Uh, do the pollination, let the seeds finish, grow out the population and find the plant that you are looking for. If the plant that you're looking for is not in there, do it the opposite way. Pick different parents. Uh, never be discouraged with breeding. You'll always find something great. However, the goal here is to improve upon these lines. If your cross doesn't come out, so if these plants are both, I don't know your plants, I don't want to judge you, but if these plants are both sevens, the goal is to come out with a plant that is at least an eight, maybe a nine, hopefully a 10 if you can do it. But if you haven't improved upon the species of cannabis, then that is your responsibility to decide what to do with those seeds. If they're not amazing, maybe don't pass them out to the whole world. Don't share them with a bunch of people. Maybe keep them to yourself. But if those are stellar, make sure you do share those seeds with people. Get those out so that more people can grow high quality ganja. All right, Jason Johnson, I really feel like you got me rambling pretty good on that one. I hope I answered your question. Uh, don't just focus on the potency. Don't just focus on those aromas and flavors. Uh, also focus on resistance. Uh, how does it handle problems? How does it handle grower stress, environmental stress? Think about all that other stuff as well. But then I would recommend choosing the plant with the potency and pollinating those terpy females. All right, brother, thank you for the great question. If anybody else out there has any questions, you know that I would love to help you out. My email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me those grow questions. I do have one more question. Question we're going to bang out here on this episode. Uh, then we will get to the seed giveaway. That's right. Our friends at seedsherenow.com are going to give away a free pack of Irie genetic seeds here on this podcast. Stay tuned. It is almost time to tell you how to win those seeds. Let's jump into this next email. This one came from our friend Something Different. Shout out to our friend Something Different. Thank you for the great question. It goes, what's going on, Rasta Jeff? I hope your new year is off to a great start, bro. Things are killing it. Uh, January was awesome. February has begun very well well. Uh, nothing to complain about. Hope everything is going great for you as well. It says, I have two questions. Question number one, I was under the impression that if you self a plant, it is a complete copy of the mom used, but I was recently told that this is not exactly the case. Can you elaborate on that? So that's the part one of the question. It says, and I also remember saying something a while ago about an auto flower collab. Is there any movement or updates on that? Also, the fam and I are planning. Uh, I'm not going to read this part. They're moving near me and we're going to hang out. So I'm not going to read where you're moving to because the whole world doesn't need to know that. But yes, we will hang out. We will take dabs. I look forward to that. Uh, let's address the second question first. Let's do it backwards. The autoflower collab. Uh, Daz with uh, Night Owl Seeds. I'm not sure what he's calling himself this week. Daz, you change your name a lot, bro. I try to keep up with you. Nothing but love and respect and congrats also. Uh, Daz is uh, working some autoflower stuff with some Irie genetic stuff in there. I don't have uh, solid info on exactly how far Daz has gotten into that, but I know the project is making great success. I've ran some of the F1s. Uh, I've looked at pictures. I'm not exactly sure how far he's gotten with that. I haven't kept in touch. I haven't asked. But Daz is working on that feminized autoflower project with the Irie genetic strains in there. So I would make sure to check with uh, Night Owl Seeds, check with Daz, see what he's going on. He's probably got a lot more info and updates on that. Uh, those will be available through Night Owl. I won't even have those seeds. That's all his project. He's got my blessing, but I'm not into autoflowers. If I made autoflowers, 
uh, it wouldn't be very good. I say it's like, uh, I can play any kind of music you want, but if you put me in a country band, I can play country music, but it's not going to feel like country music. It's not going to have uh, whatever country's got that makes it feel country. It's going to be missing a little something. It just ain't going to have that feel that a real country drummer could put to it. So that's why I don't make autos. They're not for me. All right, let's answer the first part of this email. This is a very good question. It says, I was under the impression that if you self-applant, it becomes a complete, uh, the seed should be a complete copy of the mom. That is a good question. Let's take a little drink here and then we'll answer that. I'm not even gonna edit this part. Out. I'm just gonna take a little drink, keep moving. Shout out to the kombucha gods for keeping me uh, kombucha-lated. Is that a word? That's a new word. Add that to the urban dictionary, kombucha-lated. That is when you're well hydrated and have good microbes from drinking plenty of high quality kombucha. Ross Jeff made that up. I want fucking credit for it, kombucha-lated. I'm gonna quit rambling and take a drink. Okay, maybe I cut out a couple of seconds. Maybe I didn't. Let's answer this question about reversing a plant. When you self a plant, what does that mean? Uh, we talked a moment ago about selecting plants for feminized breeding. Selfing a plant is when you take two clones of the same plant. So let's just start with a golden goat plant. I'm going to cut two clones off of a golden goat plant. I'm going to let them grow. We're going to flower them. Before I flower them, I'm going to treat one with a solution. We don't need to talk too much about that solution. I'm going to spray it. I'm gonna spray it several times. I've got a schedule, I've got a program. There's a standard operating procedure. Eventually, this plant is going to produce pollen. The pollen that comes from this plant is only female pollen because the golden goat plant that I started with does not contain any male chromosomes. So this plant is going to go sort of into a panic mode. It's going to create pollen sacs. Those pollen sacs will only contain female pollen. Then I will take that female pollen from the golden goat and put it on another female golden goat plant. This is known as selfing. This is called selfing. I have S1'd this plant. It is a first generation of a selfed plant. I took the golden goat and the golden goat and I selfed them. I call it self because it's a self-pollination. There is no other, there are no other genetics adulterating this mix, but now I can make pure golden goat seeds. Those will be feminized golden goat S1 seeds. Now, the question that arises has arose, has been brought up, that was asked. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. The question here is, I was under the impression that they would be a complete copy of the mom. Approximately 50 to 70% of the phenotypes that come from those seeds will look just like the original golden goat mother. But some of those plants are going to look a little bit like the mother plant that was used to make golden goat. And some will look a little bit like the father plant that was used to make the golden goat. So I'm going to say 50 to 60, maybe 70% of those are going to be right down the middle. They're going to look just like that original golden goat. But you're going to have some on this side that look a little bit like the mom plant that made golden goat. And some on this side that look a little bit like the dad plant that made golden goat. We may also see phenotypes that express traits of the grandparents of the original golden goat. So we may see traits of the mom and then also traits of the mom's parents and traits of the dad and also traits of the dad's parents. The only way to really identify that is to be familiar with the parents and grandparents of that plant but when i grow it out i can identify it because i know what used i know all of the ingredients so i could taste that i could say oh there's the cinnamon there's the butter there's the maple syrup i can identify every ingredient by looking at it because i'm so familiar with each parent plant so when you make those reversals most of the time about 50 percent of them and i say most of the time because these are genetics this depends uh, very much on the plant that you are working with some plants reverse very well some plants don't reverse well at all 
Some plants, when you reverse them, they make a bunch of intersex problems. Some plants, when you reverse them, they make a bunch of amazing gold, like the golden goat. It makes a whole bunch of amazingness. But some plants, a lot of chem cultivars, a lot of the uh, sour diesel stuff, if you reverse that, it just makes intersex garbage. So in my experience, when I self a plant, I generally get about 50% of the phenotypes. They look just like the original mom. And then I've got that group that looks a little bit like grandma, the group that looks a little bit like grandpa. And then we've got those outliers that look a little bit like the great grandparents. Now let's talk about something else really quickly. Not all feminized seeds are what are known as selfed seeds. A lot of feminized seeds are also known as reversals. A moment ago, I talked about taking two clones of the same golden goat plant. We reversed the golden goat. We put that pollen on golden goat. We have selfed that plant. It did it to itself. It got itself pregnant. It gave itself a selfie. You'll never forget that. That plant is self. That's an S1. What if I put that golden goat pollen on something different? What if I put that golden goat pollen on a GMO plant and I make something we call garlic goat? That is no longer selfing because I didn't pollinate itself. I pollinated another plant with reversed pollens. So instead of being an S1, that plant would be labeled an R1. It is a first filial generation of a reversed cross. So sometimes you're going to see plants that say S1. Sometimes it may say R1. Sometimes it may not give you any indication at all. If it is a golden goat uh, feminized seed and you know that it's a clone only, that is most likely the original plant reversed and selfed onto itself. But if it is something like, let's talk about, like I just said a moment ago, the, uh, the garlic goat, that is a golden goat to the GMO, that is a reversal, that is going to show us phenotypes that look like the 50-50 mix, probably close to 50-50. It's going to be pretty close to 50-50. You'll find some that look just like golden goat, just like the GMO combined. We're going to see that phenotype. Then we're going to see phenotypes that look a little bit like GMO. Then we're going to see phenotypes that look a little bit like golden goat. Then guess what we're also going to see? Some phenotypes, a very small percentage of the phenotypes are going to look like golden goat's parents. And some of the phenotypes will look like the GMO parents. And then you're going to have a couple of phenotypes that you can't tell what the hell is going on. It's just got traits from everybody. It looks like the mailman's kid. That does happen a little bit when you start doing the uh, the reversals. So that's the basic difference between selfing and reversing. And those are the basic phenotypes and traits that I think you are going to find with those feminized seeds. With the self seeds, most of your phenotypes are going to look like the original mom. We'll find some grandparents and a little bit of great grandparents. With the reversals that are not pure self, you're going to see the 50-50 phenotype that looks like mom and dad, you're going to find some that look like mom, some that look like dad, some that look like grandparents, and then you're going to find some weirdos that looks like weird mixes of each trait. Like you just shook, took all the traits that were available from both plants, the leaf shape, the structure, the odor, uh, the flavor, trichome development, took both of those and just shook them up, took all the trait counts from each plant, shook them up and just grew them. And who knows what, what ornaments got hung on which tree, which alleles got given to each plant. But sometimes you're going to see some that just looks like uh, you just mixed up Mr. Potato Head and got the parts that you got. All right, something different. Thank you for the great question. I hope I was able to answer your question within all of that rambling. I hope you were taking notes. If anybody out there has any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear from you. The email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Please do reach out. I love building shows based on listener-generated content. Now, I have been saying that we're going to give away a pack of seeds here. This is the part of the show where we do give away a pack of seeds to somebody watching this podcast. Before I give away this pack of seeds, I do want to give a big shout-out to our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. Make sure you check out SeedsHereNow.com for their current stock of regular 
feminized autoflower seeds. They've got breeder bundles. They've got seed packs under 25 bucks. Anything you're looking for should be available at seedsherenow.com. If they don't have what you're looking for, send them an email. Send me an email. We'll make sure to get them restocked at seedsherenow.com. Now, real easily, here is how you can win a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds just by watching this podcast. It is really easy. All you have to do is go to my website, irigenetics.com. That's right, irigenetics.com. Go to the website, scroll down. Most of the way on the website toward the bottom, there is a spot where it says stay up to date with irigenetics. If you type in your email address and join the newsletter, that will enter you into the contest to win a free pack of irigenetic seeds. That's right. I'll give away a pack of seeds on every episode this month. Uh, before I record the next episode, I will scroll through and see who has joined the newsletter in the past week, and I will select a winner from a new member of the newsletter. So go join the newsletter at irigenetics.com. Scroll down. It says stay up to date. All you've got to do, type in your email address, hit enter. It'll sign you up to the newsletter. I'll go check that in a few days, and I will select a winner from the new newsletter member. So it's real easy, a free pack of seeds just for joining the newsletter. Thank you for all of the support. And now it is time to announce the winner from the seed giveaway from the last episode. That's right. Our friends at SeedsHereNow.com are going to give away a pack of Irie Genetic Seeds to my friend Todd Miles. Big congratulations to Todd. Hey, dude, you have won a free pack of pineapple wine seeds. They are already in the mail. I hope when you get them, you tag me, post some pictures, tag Irie Genetics, tag the podcast. Most importantly, grow from your heart. Have fun with those seeds. I really hope to see pictures of the progress. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I'll be back in one week with fresh new content. Uh, make sure you support the Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Everything else you could possibly need is on my website at irigenetics.com. Of course, there's the tab to sign up for the newsletter. There's a discord tab. There's a tab to get seeds. All you got to do is click Click on iRedirect. That will take you right to the seed vendors. There's a link to seedsherenow.com. Once again, everything you need is at iRegenetics.com. That's all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back next week with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my friend Smoke What. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. We'll